KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. Time to talk about the economy, and as always, a lot to touch on, and we are going to do so with David Fiorenza, Associate Professor of Practice, Villanova School of Business. We will talk housing. We will talk about the lack of another coronavirus relief bill. We will talk about unemployment, and we will talk about it right now. Give a listen. Well, David, we usually start with unemployment, but I thought I'd start with something that you have kind of brought up over the last few months as a kind of a key metric to keep an eye on. U.S. housing starts fell in August uh, or came in lower. Were you surprised? And what are we seeing here? Well, what we're seeing here is, uh, first of all, a crazy, insane housing market that's basically based on supply and demand right now. Uh, It's a high buyer demand and low supply. I think uh, interest rates being low is a good thing, but the other part of it is with the housing starts and the way governments, local and city governments are running right now, it's getting a little bit more difficult to get approvals of your subdivisions and getting zoning variances because people are not meeting in person. They're meeting by Zoom, let's say. Uh, So the process is a little bit slowed right now. So I was surprised to see that. I also think companies are holding on to cash as well as as strip malls and, and shopping malls and even universities. They're not going delving into and diving into building new buildings or putting additions on right now. They're waiting to see what's happening in the next six months or year, and they're even waiting to see what happens with the election. Think this starts a trend or because uh, housing starts had been pretty good, no? They had been pretty good, and all other indicators I saw were doing very well. And then this past week, you see things like retail sales slowing uh, in August. And usually August was is a very good month because of back-to-school, so to speak, if you want to call it back-to-school sales and things like that. Uh, both durable and non-durable goods had been slowing a little bit. So the economy, instead of heating up, it's actually starting to slow down. And then you had Jerome Powell in the Federal Reserve, rightly so, saying, let's keep interest rates stable through not just next year, but even the year after. That's a good thing for people who want to borrow. It may not be a good thing for people who want who have idle cash and just want to earn some interest. You mentioned Jerome Powell and the uh, Federal Reserve. I think they said remain near zero through like 2023. Some other remarks from the Fed, and we've kind of gone back to this. Uh, You still think the Fed's doing as good a job as possible here? I think they're doing a pretty good job on on low inflation. I know people may not like low interest rates. I I understand that if you're a senior citizen living on fixed income and you're trying to eke out a little bit of interest earnings. But I think he's trying to watch out for inflation. The concern is we don't want inflation of of double digits or even 5 or 6%. We don't have that right now. I don't think we're going to get to that. But he also wants to make credit available to businesses and to banks so that maybe we can spur the economy that way. He's used a lot of tools in the last couple of months to try to keep this economy going, and they've done a pretty good job of it. I think the Federal Reserve is going to continue to be monitoring um, interest rates, inflation, unemployment, and they're going to continue to to monitor the money supply as well to see that banks have enough cash on hand so they can go out and loan to people as well as businesses. And you mentioned unemployment last week, 860,000 people file for first time unemployment benefits. Uh, 
I think I've said this before. I feel like we've gotten numb to these numbers because they're kind of met now with a shrug like, well, what did you expect? But these are extraordinarily high numbers. And when we're looking at like 800,000 plus as a as a good thing, that really kind of tells us a lot, doesn't it? Oh, it does. You make very good points here because before the pandemic, our record high was goes back to 1982, which was 695,000, which was, to me, an astronomical number to have. And even before the pandemic, I would say February, January, we were 200,000 people, which, which when we had full employment of 3.5%, even those numbers are high, 200,000 people. But to still be in the 850 range, uh, to me, it's a slow recovery. It's going to take longer than this year uh, to open up and even next year to open up. Now, there are positive signs that are out there. People, more people are working. More There, is, uh, there are more places opening up, let's say. A lot of governors are starting to reopen a little bit more, little by little. Uh, but this is this is a slow drip, so to speak, that you have on your faucet, and you're trying to fix that leak, and it's going to take a long time to fix it. Still no coronavirus relief bill or another one, and I don't know, it really looked like it was dead. Then I thought early in the week you saw some signs. The White House really kind of put out how anxious they are to send out more of those direct payments. Uh, what do you think? We're, you know, less than two months from the election. Do you think we see another uh, stimulus bill before the election, or do you think it is what it is at this point? Well, a couple things are happening. I know a few of the uh, repre- U.S. representatives on Wednesday introduced some proposals to extend the paycheck protection program, the three P's, which actually allows small businesses, uh, people who have 300 employees or less, to apply for a second loan. Uh, now, with that being said, there's still $138 billion remaining in the first CARES Act, which had $2.2 trillion. So with that money still remaining out there, I think what I see sometimes with government is it's gridlock or it's cumbersomeness. Um, the money's out there. It, it, it needs to be released. I think you can make it an easier process. And if the people are not supposed to be getting the money, it'll eventually get returned, which is what happened to some of these larger companies as well. But we've been in, a, I think, Matt, a month-long standoff over this coronavirus deal uh, with both sides um, still fighting and rejecting certain certain things. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think even if you want to look at this through the incredibly cynical, narrow lens of politics, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people focus on the, the $1,200 checks and stuff. If I was up for re-election, I would really, really want my constituents to, to get those checks that I can take credit for. So I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that that hasn't come to pass. Agree. And then let's go even a step further. I, uh, my concern, as we've talked about in previous weeks, that small businesses could w- face another wave of layoffs and bankruptcies in the fall. Uh, so I would think that a lot of voters, small businesses, are going to remember this because their their pocketbooks are hurt, their wallets are hurt. They They don't forget very easily. And I would think you should be looking towards some of the smaller businesses, those even who are under 300 employees, maybe 50 employees and less, a lot of the mom and pop shops uh, out there and see if they can either extend some of the payroll uh, benefits or even take a look at to see that, is there anything we can do so we don't see a lot of businesses falling into bankruptcy, whether they're for-profit or even non-profits. Could we also kind of see a ripple effect that if people who 
there are people that are in dire circumstances, and that's one group. But maybe another group that still has their job but was kind of counting on another direct payment, say, and now they start to think that's not going to come. Could we see people kind of tighten the belts more and not spend because, well, I I thought I was going to get this little bonus, but it's not coming, and kind of also with an eye towards the holiday season, could we see that uh, hurt that as well? That's a great point to make because the one thing this pandemic has done, it's it's made people look at their finances again and save money and not spend as as they did before on consumption and looking towards the future, such as you said, the holiday season coming up from Thanksgiving onward and into and into the new year. Uh, people are spending on their homes and their backyards since they didn't go on vacation, uh, but that's only going to last for so long as the winter months start to uh, come about here as we're starting to see the cooler weather today as well. So what's happening is that people are are either going to um, take what they have in savings and hopefully um, not gamble the way in terms of, well, do I go back to work, not go back to work, but even still look for a job. If they don't have a job, they were hoping that that this second wave would come about of another paycheck protection program. And it didn't at this point. So if you do have some savings to fall back on, it's a good thing to, to have that. It's a good thing to take another gut check of what your debt levels are and maybe try to refinance mortgages. If that's what you have, or even call your credit card companies again, see if you can get a lower rate on your credit card. And we focused a lot, obviously on the lack of a COVID relief bill, but uh, the government's going to need money by the end of the month or it's going to run out. Now, it sounds like we're close to a spending deal to avert a shutdown, but how catastrophic would a shutdown be in the middle of an economic crisis in the middle of a pandemic? Well, I've, I've all, often said that even when government shuts down, what they're doing is they're furloughing employees. So those employees will eventually get paid. So all we're doing is kicking the can down the road. Uh, what Congress will do, will they'll sign a CR, which is called a continuing resolution, which will keep the government running for uh, another month or two months or even another six months. Now, we need revenues to come in. We need tax revenues to come in for the most part, whether it's tariff tax revenues or whether it's corporate tax revenues or individual tax revenues to come in to help fund all the programs. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and other programs that are that are out there that people depend on, and that people rightly so. If you're disabled, you get a Social Security disabled disability check. That people have rightly so looked to these checks every month, or they've earned it because they've worked all their life. So I think I think the government um, at the federal level really needs to keep keep looking at how do we keep this economy going. What else can we do to keep this economy going? I know Congress um, or all three branches haven't done much with belt tightening the way you and I have, the way the, uh, our listening public has as well. I think it's time for the government not not to cut programs, but to take a look at their own expenses that they have in each and every department. And we'll wrap up. I mean, we are coming up to a presidential election. You talk to a lot of people in communities. Uh, is there trepidation with businesses, with governments, uh, for just purely from an economic standpoint, if the election goes one way or another, or are people pretty confident that they'll be okay either way? Yes. At, at the local level, 
um, people's concern should be more about their school districts uh, in terms of the school boards, because they're the ones who are making who are making policy decisions and financial decisions based on school taxes. Everything else at the federal and state level, not to make light of it, it's more macro, it's more broad. Um, there, there's going to be balances of, of, of some people paying more taxes than others. Let's take uh, Governor Murphy, for instance, what he had proposed in New Jersey the million, to, to reinstate the millionaire's tax. I haven't heard much uh, grief from from people about it one way or another. Uh, and he was looking to redistribute some of that millionaire's tax to people who have salaries of 75000 and less. Um, in that regard. Now, you know, uh, we take a look at our local levels. There, I always said all, all politics is local and all economies are local. You know, um, what people always say, Miranda Lambert said, everyone dies famous in a small town. So I think take a look at your local elections. Take a look at the policies, your local politicians at the county level and see what they want to do when it comes time for uh, tax increases or, or, or even instilling new programs into the, into the system. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.